You know, in the first service, the Lord just gave a word. He says He's for you. I just want to tell you that this morning, God is for you. God is for you. He is not against you. God is for you. You know, we hear those words. We know the Scriptures. But God is truly, truly, He's for you. So whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, I want to tell you this morning, there's a word over your life. God is for you. Say it this morning. Say, God is for me. God is for me. One more time. Say it like you mean it. God is for me. Amen. Doesn't matter if something's happened that's disappointing. Maybe you've been let down. God is for you. There is hope for your future. God has a divine plan for your life. And God loves you. Amen. Amen. Worship team, thank you. Let's just bless the worship team. We're blessed to have such an amazing worship team. Amen. It's fun to come to church on a Sunday. We get to worship the King with these guys. And it's really, really awesome. And every Sunday we experience amazing times in God's presence. We must never take that for granted. We are blessed. We are a blessed people. Amen. Before I get into the Word, I just want to send love and greetings from Pastor Gebhardt. He is in Cape Town this morning. He's busy preaching, bringing the fire of God to Cape Town and Somerset West. But he sends all of his love. He always misses you when he's away. But you know that God is doing things across the nation. God is doing amazing things across South Africa and across the world. And in Power Church, you're a part of that. So my husband sends greetings. He loves you lots. He'll see you again soon. But he's getting quite cold in Cape Town. I hear it's very freezing. We're feeling a bit of that this morning. But amen. Spring and summer's around the corner. (laughs) You know, the seasons we go through, they pass. But in every season, there's something that God wants you to learn. And in every season, God is present. And I know some of them are tough. I know some of them are hard. But there is a God who loves you that is in the midst of that season. And He is busy training you up. He is busy equipping you. And He's going to see you through. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to be continuing just talking about the jealous love of God. Because God is a jealous God. He's jealous over you. Passionately, fiercely. The last time I spoke to you about this, I explained about how that jealousy is like a fire. An all-consuming fire. God burns. He wants you to know He loves you. And that love, that passion, that drive, it, it drives God to pursue you no matter what. God is pursuing you. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are. There is a God in heaven that is pursuing you. He pursues you every day. He is knocking on the door of your heart. He is whispering into your ear. There is a voice of the Holy Spirit that is talking to you because God is pursuing you. And He is actively doing so. He's not sitting by in heaven wondering what you're doing. He knows. He knows what you did this morning. 
He knows what you're gonna do this afternoon. And in all of it, He is calling you to know Him and to know His love for you. You see, there is a God. And this morning, I wanna tell you, two, tell you about two specific attributes that are amazing about God. And they're very, very simple. So this morning, we're gonna speak about how God is love and God is light. Okay, God is love and God is light. And I wanna start with the following scripture. Let me just get to them. This is John 17, verse one to three. So Jesus is praying and He says, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted Him authority over all people that He might give eternal life to all those you have given Him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. We are called to know God. The purpose of us being here is to know Him. We need to know the King of Kings and the Lord of all. We need to know His love for us. God has called us for this purpose. Jesus is praying here, says that they will know you, that they will know your love, that we will know the King of Kings and the Lord of all. That is the purpose of each and every one of our lives. You have been predestined to know God. You have been called to know God, to know Him as Father, to know Him as friend, to know Him as provider, to know Him as healer. And if you are in need of healing this morning, I want to encourage you, we have a prayer line and the number will be on the screen every now and again during the service. If you need prayer this morning, I want to invite you, call the number and let us pray for you. If you need healing, let us pray for you. We have got staff waiting to hear from you so that we can pray with you and stand together with you in prayer, to stand with you in faith. Because God wants you to know that He is healer. He wants you to know Him. But one of the most defining things about God is that He is love. God didn't create love, He is love. God is love. We read this in 1 John 4, verse seven to eight. It says, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. And it is this love that God is that draws us. It pulls us closer. From the moment we are born, there is a yearning in our hearts, in our souls, in our spirits to be loved, to know what it is to be loved. You see, because we call out for a love that is God's love, it is a divine love. In the Greek, it is called agape love. And I'll speak a bit more on that later. But we are called to know the love of God because you are meant to be accepted. You are meant to be seen as worthy. You are meant to be delighted in. You see, when God sees you, He has called you His chosen people and He loves you. You see, it's a beautiful mystery. Nowhere in the Bible does it explain why God chose us or loves us. It just says He did. God says, I choose you because I love you. 
And at the same time that God is love and that love draws us and draws us and draws us closer and closer to Him because we long for that, God is also light. 1 John 1 verse 5 to 8, it says, This is the message we have heard from Him and declare to you, God is light and in Him, in Him there is no darkness at all. You see, so at the same time that God's love draws us, there is an element that we know that the light of God, the holiness of God also keeps us away. There's a little bit of tension there. We want to go to God, but we are so aware of our faults and our failures and of the sin in our lives that as much as we know we need to get to God, at the same time, our natural minds struggle to grapple with the idea of how we can get to Him. Because we are told, we think we're not allowed to, we can't. There's something between God and I. But I wanna tell you this morning, church, that we have a God in heaven that reached past His own holiness to make a way for you and me to come to know Him. You see, because man cannot approach God, not by anything we do. And God knew this, so what does He do? We look to the Word, Genesis 1. What does God do when He breathes a life into man? God stoops and He breathes. God comes from heaven and He stoops and He breathes the breath of life into Adam. And then we look to Jesus. Jesus stoops even lower. He comes to the earth. He comes as a baby. He veils His light. He veils His glory. And He comes to earth and He's born as a man. And He grows in the favour of God and man. And what happens then? The next thing we know is that He comes and because He loves us so much, He lays down His life for you, for me, for atonement for our sins. You see, we could not approach God. So what did God do? He approached us. God knew that by ourselves, we could never reach Him. So what does He do? He makes a way. He steps past His holiness. He steps past anything that could keep us from Him. And He comes and He approaches us first. And He says, I love you so much, come to me. He makes a way, He makes a way for us to know Him. You see, if you read in Romans 5, we hear about it, we see the portrayal of this love. Romans 5, verse five to eight says, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for this, for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us when we were powerless, when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, when we had nothing to offer God, He looked to each and every one of us and He says, I love you so much. I will lay my life down for you so that you can come to me. So God knows that without Jesus, we cannot approach Him. What does Jesus say? Send me. I want to approach man so that man can come back, so that man can approach me. Now we know that we can come boldly to the throne of grace. We know that we can be saved and the issue of light is no longer a problem. 
because we are washed clean and made whole and new by the blood of Jesus. You see, God's love cannot be earned. God's love cannot be deserved. We are loved purely because He chose us. He chose you. And for many of us, we live the opposite. We feel like we are unworthy. We feel as though we are unseen. We feel as if we have nothing to offer. And we wonder how could God possibly love us? Because living here is tough. There are many voices out there that want to tell us contrary to what the Word of God says. But I wanna remind you this morning that God is a God that sees you. God is a God that loves you. God is a God that has got a plan and a purpose for your life that far exceeds your expectations. God is a God of promises over your life. And He wants to see you living your best life. He wants to see you prospering. He wants to see you full of joy. He wants to see you full of hope. He wants to see you knowing His love for you. Because God chose His people. If we go and we look through the Scriptures, if we go to Deuteronomy, this is Moses speaking to the people of Israel before they enter the promised land. And he reminds them, he says, for you are a people holy to the Lord. The Lord your God has chosen you out of the peoples on the earth, of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not set his affection on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other peoples. For you were the fewest of all peoples. But it was because the Lord loved you and kept the oath he swore to your ancestors that you brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the land of slavery, from the power of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. You see, yet Moses is reminding the people of Israel, God did not choose them because they were special or amazing or because they stood out. God chose them because they were the least. He chose them because he loved them. Simply that. It doesn't explain to us why God loved them, but He chose them. And then the beautiful thing is we look at the promises of God over His people. Isaiah 43 verse one to five, it says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, who formed you, Israel, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by your name, you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Isn't that a beautiful promise? When you go through difficult things, there is a God who is with you. He does not say you will miss it or skip it. He says, when you go through it, I am there. I will lead you through the waters. Next, He says, when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. So when you're facing things, they will not overcome you. God will take you through to the other side. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze because there is a God who is walking with you and is with you in the midst of the fire. For God says over you, His people, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. And He says, I give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Seba in your stead. Listen to the last few verses. Since you are precious and honoured in my sight and because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. Do not be afraid for I am with you. And he says, he'll bring all the children back. 
God gave His own Son as an exchange for you. He gave His own Son as an exchange for you, for your life, because how does He see you? He sees you as precious and He sees you as honoured. We need to hold on to that. We need to hold on to that this morning, church. So I want to explain something here for you. So now, God is love and God is light. His love calls us and at the same time we are aware of His light. That It feels like it keeps us away. But we are washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We are made whole. You see, all of the Lord's love is represented perfectly in Jesus. It is a selfless love. It is a love that has faith. Yeah. I just want to find the scripture now that I can read it to you. You see, the essential nature of God's love and how it differs from other kinds of love is this. Agape love, that's the Greek word for love, God's love, is a love that comes directly from God. And the marks of agape love is this, it is self-giving, it goes a second mile, it has no strings attached, and it is perfectly demonstrated in Jesus. It is a love that lays down self. It is a selfless love. It is not selfish. It has no strings attached. You know, God has seen the best of you, the worst of you, and there's no strings. He loves you just as you are. And it says about going the second mile, you know, in Matthew 5, verse 41, Jesus speaks about if somebody asks you to go one mile, go two. So that first mile speaks about duty. It's my duty to go with you this first mile. But because I love you, I will go beyond and I will go that second mile with you. So Jesus, when He loves us, He goes beyond the call of duty in every way because He loves you. And this morning, I wanna challenge you, church. We should be a people that loves and does what duty demands. However, let us love each other that second mile. Let us go above and beyond in representing the love of God to the people around us. Jesus said, they will know you are my disciples by the way you love. And you can only love like God loves if you experience it, if you've tasted it, if you've received it, because it'll pour out through you. So then your reactions are different. Instead of getting angry, you're patient. Instead of being upset, you have peace. When you should be angry, you have joy. Instead of being anxious, we rest in Him. We have a different way of doing things when you are filled with the love of God. We have a different way of doing things. I said it in the first service. I said, how much different would we be as a people if we encouraged each other can you imagine if we were cheerleading each other from the moment we got up in the morning like, hey girl, you're looking good. You're gonna knock it out the park today. That business meeting, it's in the bag. God's got this. You can do this. You've been made as more than a conqueror. Dad, you're a great dad. Carry on loving your kids the way you do. Moms, well done. You fed your kids every day this week. You did your work and you took care of the kids. Dads, you made all your meetings, but you still made the soccer game. 
If we encouraged each other, we were more in tune to what we were doing right and saying, well done. I noticed the integrity. I saw what you did there. You could have done this, but you did that. Wow. Would we not be a much different people? Instead of seeing the worst in each other, that we started building each other up for the good that God has placed within you. We started seeing each other with the eyes that God sees us through. Because when God sees you, He sees you and He sees the future you. He sees your full potential all the time. He sees the full harvest that is your life when He looks at you. Because everything you do is a seed that's planted. It's gonna bring a harvest about one day. So today when you smiled at somebody, somebody's gonna remember that. Or maybe you bought a cool drink for somebody or maybe you sowed a gift somewhere. There's a harvest to it. Maybe you phoned a friend, maybe you were there to listen. But everything you do plants a seed that has a harvest. You see, we are called to love one another. We are called to be the light, to shine into the darkness. The darkness knows it's darkness. We don't need to tell it and remind it who He is. We need to introduce it to who God is. We need to introduce people to who God is. We need to introduce people to this God that is love. You see, because God's love calls us, but His holiness gave boundaries. But God reached past His own holiness to approach man and to draw us closer to Him. God is faith. He extended His very own faith when He reached out to approach man when He sent His Son. Jesus Christ came to earth in His faith as well to lay down His life as a sacrifice for us, to make atonement for our sins and everything that we need so that we can come to Him. God is the answer. Isn't that beautiful? It is a laying down. A laying down of our own lives as well. See, in 1, in 1 Thessalonians 2 verse 8, it just tells us about how they lay down their own lives. You see, love does not just give things or advice or even good sermons. It gives itself. It lays down its life. It says, here I am. I'm at your disposal. Count on me. Whatever I can do. You see, because when we are Christians, we need to go further. And this is the heart attitude that we should have when we approach the Lord. So God, you've given everything. You've given everything so that you, I can approach you. And then we should go before the Lord and say, Lord, I give you my everything. I lay down my life and surrender. Years ago, we used to say, I will to will the will of God. I will to will the will of God. It just simply means I want to do what God wants to do. When Jesus walked this earth, He did not come to do what He wanted to do. He said to His disciples, I do what I see my heavenly Father do. That's what He did. And look at the harvest that it has brought. You see, God's love is sovereign and wonderful and free. And it is the love that God has for me. You see, God's love just needs to be believed and it needs to be received. It needs to be believed and it needs to be received. That is the 
bottom line. Because you cannot earn it, you can't try to deserve it. I'm gonna just read a scripture for you. It's in, mm, we just find it here. Ephesians 3, verse 16 to 19. It says, yeah, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. So I wanna highlight four things there for you. First of all, it is through the Spirit. To grasp this love that God has for you, it is through the Spirit. We cannot do it by ourselves, amen? So the Lord has given us His Holy Spirit that He can reveal the love of God to us. And secondly, it is through faith. It is a faith response. It goes beyond reason, it goes beyond logic. It is a faith response to God. It goes beyond our understanding so that we can grasp the dimensions of God's love for us. And so that we can come to a place where we know that this love that surpasses all knowledge, that we know the height and the depth and the breadth. You know, years ago we used to sing that song, the love of God is so wonderful. It's so high, you can't get over it. It's so wide, you can't get around it. It's so low, you can't get under it. And that is God's love for you. And that is the love that God wants us to come to know. You see, God's ultimate motivation for everything He does is simply this, it's love. God loved you so much that He called you. He loved you so much that He's predestined you. He provides for you and He wants you to know Him. You see, we need to come to a place where we go beyond just knowing God's love and hearing about it. We need to come to a place where we rely on God's love. And this is also in 1 John. I just wanna find my scripture reference here. Excuse me, let me just look here quickly. Mm. 1 John 4 verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. You see, it goes beyond just knowing about it, but relying on it. And that is faith. And that is every single day, knowing that God is with us. But then we step over into a place where we rely on the love of God to lead us and guide us. And God's love is faithful. He is there for us. You see, because if we carry on reading in 1 John 4 verse 18, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear. Because fear is to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. See, God wants you to have no fear because His love is sufficient for you. And we can know this through the Holy Spirit, through walking in faith, that we can perceive and understand the love of God. See, there's a beautiful promise, and with this I want to close today. In the Song of Solomon 7 verse 8, it says, Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. Now think of Isaiah 43. They went through the waters. They went through the rivers. Yet it's telling us God loves, sustains them. 
If one were to give all the health, all the wealth of one's house for love, oh no, this is not the verse I wanted. It says it would be utterly scorned. But what I want you to read is just that verse, the beginning of that verse eight. Many waters cannot quench love. Rivers cannot sweep it away. There is nothing in your life that can quench the love that God has for you. There is nothing you are going through that can sweep you away from the immense love that God has for you. God wants to take you to a new and deeper revelation of His love this morning. God is love. God is light. His love has drawn us. And at the same time, His light has put in boundaries. And beyond that, God said, I will make a way for you. And He reaches past His holiness. He sends His Son. God extends His own faith. And He says that by faith we will do this. And what harvest do they reap? God has reaped mankind. His Word stands eternal. And to this day, kids are coming back home to the Kingdom of God and to the plans and purposes that God has for their lives. God's Word has stood across the nations, across the world. The Word will stand. It will stand for eternity. So if you are here this morning and you want to, you want to receive the love that God has for you, it is a free gift this morning. I wanna ask you to stand. Let us pray for you this morning. If you need a new revelation of the love that God has for you today, let us stand. Let us seek God's face in this moment because God wants you to know the unconditional love, the no strings attached love that He has for you, the love that Jesus laid down His life for you. Amen. Amen. I see all of you standing. Thank you. Lord, we come before you today. We thank you, Lord, for your beautiful love. We thank You, Lord, that You came to seek and save the lost. And I pray now over Your people a new revelation of Your love for them. I pray, Lord, that in this moment they will know themselves as chosen by God and loved by God. Lord, these are Your people set apart chosen by You and loved by You. I thank You, Lord, that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. I thank You, Lord, that no harm can come to them. I thank You, Lord, that You will see them through the waters. You will see them through the rivers. You will see them through the fires because You walk with Your people. And Your love is an all-consuming fire. And I pray, Lord, that they will experience You in a new way. And I thank You, Father, that in this moment, I can bind and rebuke any lies and any deceit that is spoken over of them. They are Yours, chosen and loved. And we pray this now in the beautiful, mighty Name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Let's just give God some praise. Amen. Amen. I mean, church, let's all stand. I want to pray for each and every one of you. Thank you, Lord, that in this day we can be taught about your love. I thank you, Lord, that your love for us drove you to approach us. I thank you, Lord that You hear us. I thank You, Lord, that You see us. I thank You, Lord, that in this moment I pray 
But for each and every one of us, for every person watching us on Facebook and in YouTube, Lord, Lord, that at this moment, we will experience a new level, a new dimension of your love for us. Thank you, Lord, that you laid your life down for us. Thank you, Lord, that you loved us so much that you reached past your own holiness to approach us, to make a way for us, to know your love and to know your light. And Lord, in this day, I pray over your people a blessing of knowing the love that you have for us. It's by your spirit, by your faith. And I pray, Lord, that your word over our lives, that we are chosen and loved, will sustain each and every one of us. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Father, that you loved us first. Amen. 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 You know, we are a blessed church, amen? You're welcome to be seated. I want to chat to you about something that is very exciting. Do you know that God is doing great things at Empower? God is doing amazing things at Empower. And today I wanna tell you about the, the new thing we're busy trusting the Lord for. We have told you about the kids zone and how the Lord has laid children on our hearts. We are passionate about children. We are passionate about family. So the Lord has given us a beautiful opportunity. We are going to be putting together Empower Village. Doesn't that look beautiful? Yes, revival looks like family. So this is just an artist's rendering of what we'll be doing in Power Village. This is going to be a place where we'll have a kid's zone, a restaurant and a roller skating rink. We are going to be bringing families together, amen? amen. So you'll see there'll be a place where we'll have, where children can play. We're going to have an outdoor play area. Let's just go to the next slide, please. Yes, here we have the outdoor play area for the, for the kids. We're gonna have an indoor play area for the kids as well a restaurant for moms and dads and families to come together. You can relax and your kids will be having fun. And in this side, for more the young people, young adults and youth, we'll be looking at doing a roller skate. Yes, amen. Where's all the youth in the house? <laughs> so this just gives an idea of what it'll look like. Lovely, beautiful indoor playing area. 